Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's going on, everybody? This is Mason, a.k.a. Slim, and we're about to come at you with another episode of The Backdoor Cut. In this episode, I'm joined by Zach, a.k.a. The Professor, and we discuss Jonas Valanciunas' decision to opt out of his contract and how that affects the future of the Grizzlies. Uh, we talk about the potential pairing of Ja and Jaron leading into draft week, and we talk about if we care about conveying the pick next year or kind of just the future of the Grizzlies in general. We hope you enjoy it. As always, we're brought to you by, by Blue Note Bourbon, which is artfully crafted in Memphis to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. We're a two-man crew today. This is Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. And with me today, I've got Mason from the West Coast. You can find him on Twitter at BarnburnerSlim. Mason, my man, what's up? Uh, What's not up, man? The NBA is alive and well. We just had a very exciting final series where we saw the Raptors uh, take the championship to Toronto, Canada for the first time. Uh, Mark Gasol, your boy, got a ring. Uh, Now we get into the most exciting time of the year for Grizzlies fans, and that is the draft, free agency, and making some trades. Uh, So let's start off. Congratulations to Mark Gasol. Now, were you rooting for the Raptors because of Mark Gasol or just because you wanted to see something different? So really, I started rooting for the Raptors back at the trade deadline. or at, When the trade was made, they started to become a league pass team of mine. So I got their alerts on ESPN and Bleacher Report. So I've kind of been keeping up with them, and I was rooting for them uh, at that point. Just to kind of have a dog in the fight come championship time, because I'm not right. pulling for Golden State. Um, you know, it was like between Milwaukee and Toronto had the best chance. So uh, I figured... They were as good as any to pull for. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I really like the Kawhi Leonard aspect, you know, sitting out last year, claiming that his body wasn't right, and then coming out this year and <laughs> winning the championship and finals MVP. Um, then they just got a bunch of likable guys on that team, really. And, of course, it's always good to see Golden State lose. We, we hate to see the fashion that it happened in. Oh, yeah, man. That was, that was tough. I mean, because we were watching some beautiful basketball at times, but there was also some very ugly basketball in that final series. But now the ripple effect throughout the league, we've seen the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis and give up, what, the number four pick in this year's drafts and two additional uh, future first rounders and Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. So, you know, I think the Lakers see, see the window of opportunity is right now. With, to pair LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Warriors potentially not being the Warriors next year. 
Yeah, I got that. Uh, you know, the alert when everyone did yesterday from Woj. I was like, dude, this is let's go, let's get it. That's really exciting. Like, I'm that's a great deal for New Orleans. Like, you got to be pretty excited for them. And honestly, like, people, you know, Pelicans fans can be mad at Anthony Davis because he doesn't want to stay. You know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be there long term, and he announced that he wanted to leave. But like, they should really be thankful that he was upfront and honest a season and a half before his contract was up that gave them plenty of time to work and get a like super solid return and they're gonna like flip this turnaround process probably i mean who knows how much faster than they would have otherwise yeah i mean their cupboard is full of assets from picks to young players so it's going to be exciting to see. I was listening to some other podcasts, and a lot of national guys think they are best set up for the future of any teams in that mold right now. So if you're a New Orleans fan, you got to be excited. If you're a Memphis fan, you know that's not great for us because they're in our division and we see them four times a year. Um, and then it's something the Lakers had to do. Like They weren't going to win with that core more than likely. So to pair LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who – at this point, we almost underrate him. You know, on our last episode, we named the top five players in the league, and we didn't even mention him. Like, there was not even a thought yeah. of Anthony Davis. But when he plays, he probably is, you know, top five easily, if not top three or four. Yeah, there's definitely some spurts. I don't know if it was this season, but, like, past season, where he scored 50 points, you know, like several times in a week. And how many guys can do that? Very, very few guys can do that and just be so dominant as him. He really is a guy that we forget about. I think a lot because he just has had so many injuries, even though he's been a little more healthy in recent years. But still, I think we still kind of maybe are reluctant to give him too much credit because we're afraid that he could just fall off and not play again for something popping up. Definitely has been injury prone, it seems. Uh, I don't know if we overblow that or or if a lot of it has been the effect of New Orleans just not being good and missing the playoffs, so they always end up shutting him down towards the end of the year. Um, but regardless, it would be interesting to see how the Lakers proceed. Probably takes a deal for Mike Conley off the table since they yeah. have nothing to trade. Um, so that's sad for Mike because uh, it would have been cool to see him paired up with LeBron. But they basically can go one or two ways now. They can either sign another free agent close to the max. I don't think they have full max money or they can throw it at some role players and maybe get two or three decent players. You know, I've seen like Ricky Rubio tossed out there and JJ Redick, uh, Danny Green, some of those types of guys. And at the end of the day, um, people are going to want to play with LeBron James in LA. I feel like with, with a chance to contend before they got Anthony Davis, maybe not, but now it's a whole new ball game. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see J.R. Smith, you know, his name pop up back <laughs> out there. The, the usual suspects and hey, maybe even Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas, who, as we learned this week, opted out of his, what, $17.6 million yep. player option, which I don't know about you, but that came as a huge surprise to me. What did you think when you got that alert? Yeah, I think that was not one of the top options that I thought he would take. I figured that he would take that. You know, 17.6, pretty solid payday. Get that for another year, you know, deposit that in your account and then kind of see what happens after that. So I was I was uh, really surprised to see that him because he's not worth that much, uh, you know, to most teams on the free market, which right. now he's a unrestricted free agent, I believe. So 
And but what the second half of Woj's tweet was the interesting part where he said that the reason that he opted out or declined to opt in uh, was so that he could negotiate a longer term contract with Memphis, which a lot of people on Twitter just like totally disagreed with that or didn't think that that was actually the motive for Valanchunas declining his option. So, I mean, I guess you either look at it one of two ways, either that the Grizzlies and Jonas have kind of put a deal in place that made him comfortable enough to opt out or he just doesn't want to be involved in the rebuild. Um, But either way it goes, I can't imagine being his agent and saying, yeah, we're going to opt out of this $17.6 million because how much, what kind of deal would you be comfortable with the Grizzlies bringing him back on, on a multi-year deal? How much money are you willing to pay him? Let's see, like, I, I think that in the range of, like, 12 to 14 a year for, you know, three years, something like that, would be probably all I'd want to pay him. But if my my gut would say that if he's made this move, that maybe there's something that is more than that, which might make which would make me a little bit uncomfortable to take him, you know, if it's a four-year deal or something, or paying him 15-plus, uh, per year so what is that what 60 for four yeah Gosh, something dude. like that like that's that to me for a 28 year old is a little bit too much to tie up in him i think if it's something yeah. in the two to three year range i could like i could be convinced to you know make it to 15 mil a year something like that but uh, anything longer than that and i'm scratching my head yeah th- my ideal scenario which is probably very far-fetched seeing that he just opted out of almost 18 is three years 30 million going like 12 10 and 8 declining that Mm -hmm. Um, so it frees up you know not much but a little bit of room moving forward to sign a a veteran guy or something when the team should be in theory making the playoffs you know three years down the road but I'm just I, I there's too many young and athletic guys who we see develop into solid centers and not to take anything away from Jonas because what he did last year in his time with the Grizzlies was great. He was putting up numbers. He's one of the best. Re- he's probably the best rebounder we've had since Zebo. Um, and he might be one of the better rebounders in the league, honestly, but I, I just could not bring myself to give him, you know, too much more than like 36 million over three years. So there, there's guys like Kevon Looney, uh, Zubak, Jordan Bell, Thomas Bryant, there's a number of guys who are going to be out there and who we've seen this over and over again kind of thrive in the modern NBA. So if he if he's not on the team, how do you think that affects Jaron moving forward? Because that's a lot of people's worry is that Jaron's going to have to play the five and get beat up and all that stuff if we don't have JV. Yeah, I kind of am in that boat where I – I know we talk a lot about wanting Jaron to get to the five, you know, kind of sooner than later because that's where he'll play long-term in the NBA. Um, But to me, I like having another guy down low who can worry about, you know, bruising folks, grabbing all the boards and let, um, let Jaron play a little bit more out on the wing. That's kind of, I really wish we could have seen it a little bit more this year because the the chemistry with him and Mark was just funky. It that wasn't like really indicative of how Jaron should be or will be used in the future. I don't think. So I, I would personally like for J- 
JV to be able to come back on some kind of contract that is beneficial to the Grizzlies. Cause he seemed like a pretty good mix. You know, he's, he's got a great, uh, like brings a great morale. He's an exciting guy to have out there, which there's a lot to be said for that. Someone that can just get people hype plays with emotion. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens there. Yeah, me too. And I, I wouldn't hate it if we bring him back. I just don't want it to be a, a yeah. cringeworthy deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, Even, and, and like, do you see uh, Julius Randle opted out? So he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. That happened so, uh, to this today. And, you know, maybe some, some of these guys who are ahead of Valanciunas in the pecking order sign deals and then the money dries up and he has mm-hmm. no choice but to come back to us for whatever we offer, you know, so... It could be a blessing, really, or some team could overpay him and he leaves, which I'm okay with that, too. Yeah. Because, like I said, I think we can find a guy to put next to Jaron to rebound, um, if that's what we're worried about. We can find a center, just like we found uh, Joe Kim Joe Noah. Joe Kim Noah, yeah, exactly. Um, who, I mean, he kind of makes sense for the Lakers next year. But we'll see if he can <laughs> put put that LeBron hate aside. But that would be, honestly, a really good fit for both. Um but, you know, Jaron, if he doesn't have a rebounder as good as JV next to him, maybe it forces him to rebound better to help the team, you know, if yeah. we're not getting any rebounds. Um, and I know we don't want him to guard fives just yet, and we want to see him develop on the ball. But the main thing is we just don't want him to foul like he's been doing. We just, <laughs> we just want to see him play. Yeah, um, if he's fouling like that, we're going to get 15 minutes a game, Jaron, again. Yeah, so – I mean, we got, we got Jaron. We got the draft coming up Thursday where we – you still wanting to select Ja? Is, are you still on that side of the field? Yeah, I'm still going with that. I, I don't have a – you put up a pretty good argument last time. I'll, I'll give you that. And uh, I had some <laughs> – I had to think about it, but I'm still going to go with Ja. Now, I don't know if I actually believe that argument, but I, I am okay with the pairing <laughs> of Ja and Jaron. However, I do feel like – the chances of R.J. Barrett being the better pro prospect, uh, I think that's going to happen. I think R.J. is going to be a better overall player, but the fit may not be there with Jaron. But I sure wouldn't hate to see his name called <laughs> at number two. Yeah, it'd be, yeah it, w- it would definitely be interesting and have to like change the mindset of what we've all been setting ourselves up for. Right. So, uh, I mean, for dra- draft night for us, seems to kind of already be locked in. You know, people are going to have their John Morant to the Grizzlies articles already already typed out and ready to hit publish as soon as it happens, it seems like. Um, but in the past, the Grizzlies have been known to buy second-round picks or be active on draft night. So are you thinking we could see a Mike Conley trade on draft night? You know, I'm, I'm really not sure what's going to happen there. I'm curious to see what else uh, happens as far as, like, Kyrie, Kimba, what's going to happen with those guys? It's kind of, I feel like, too early to tell what's going to happen with Mike um, on that front. What is the lowest first-round pick you think you'd be okay with trading him for this year? You know, obviously. Like, if I, if I have to take a, a pick this year. Personally, I would like a future pick for Mike okay. so that we can, you know, even when we end up conveying that pick, we still have a pick that year. So whether it's a 20 or 21 pick so that we don't have to miss out on a whole draft in the first round that's kind of where i'm coming from at least yeah i like that line of thinking i hadn't even that hadn't crossed my mind but that makes a lot of sense um speaking of convey not convey uh, we know our pick for next year's draft in 2020 is top six protected 
do you have strong feelings either way about conveying or not conveying that pick? Because we're probably going to be a pretty bad team unless the mm-hmm. surprise happens and we don't trade Mike and we draft RJ and we try to run it back yet again. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, Vegas has feelings. us where Vegas has us like six, five, <clears> I think. Yeah, I'm not as far down, honestly, as I thought we would be. Yeah. Which is scary. <laughs> <laughs> like Vegas, what, what's going on? We'll have to wait until closer to the season to do our predictions again. Oh, on, cool. uh, on who? Was, I think you were the. Old, <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed those pretty good. We were uh, a little too chief, and I were a little too optimistic. I think. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Like fifteen wins, too optimistic. Now we're at like ten. Well, in fairness, we didn't know Mark was going to get traded and yeah. suck for a whole month. Uh, <laughs> now, so so what about next year? Do you do you care either way about convey? So the smart side of me says we should try to keep that pick and add another top, you know, top five, top six talent to play with Ja and Jaron. Okay. That makes, that seems like going forward, you have a pretty solid, a pretty solid thing going, you know, three young guys, kind of like what the the Pelicans are about to have with Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Zion. (laughs) Zion. If we base it on everything that we've heard from media reports and things like that, this team will be a bottom five team in the NBA. Right. And I I don't know what the odd, like the lottery odds are as far as, I don't know if they're different than this year. I haven't checked into that yet. No, that's what makes it so interesting is this new lottery is like, does it matter if we're bottom, you know, we could get the, yeah, we could get like the tenth pick or something. I don't know what it is. Listen, to how crazy it is! New Orleans jumped up just as many spots as we did, and look how they're set up for the future now. All because they have Zion, and they were able to make that trade, uh, getting rid of Anthony Davis and bring all those assets back. And without the new lottery system, that would not be possible. So they got to be ecstatic down there. They got David Griffin. It's a whole breath of fresh air. Like, I'm kind of I'm jealous, honestly. <laughs> Oh yeah, and they're talking about making or uh, possibly trading the number four pick too. Yeah, that's savage. Like they're going to become that's like Danny Ainge level maneuvering down there. But is and Danny, then ooh, the, is Danny Ainge overrated? Because the Celtics right now they're looking like they might be asked out. You know, Kyrie is by all accounts leaving, going to Brooklyn or LA. And I mean, they they he hasn't made that big trade for Anthony Davis, which is supposedly yeah. what they accumulated all these assets for. And who, who knows what their future looks like. That's a solid true. team, but maybe not a contender. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to, if AD's off the block, who's like next on their list for going after. I, I've literally not thought about that at all. So I'm not about to like make someone up, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It's just like we, Danny Ainge has been praised as this savant. And it's like maybe he got too greedy and couldn't pull the trigger, and now he's fucked himself, you know, blowing his load. So uh, that that's another interesting thing. Uh, the league, dude, the league is so fun. Like this week leading up to the drafts, it, there's so many rumors and stuff abounds. We probably got new rumors on our phone that we haven't even looked at in like 30 minutes. But uh, the Grizzlies did hire a new coach. I guess we, we need to talk about that. Um, Taylor Jenkins who was an assistant on the Milwaukee Bucks Eastern Conference Finals staff uh, with Coach Budenholzer. Um, This was their first season there. They came from Atlanta, where I think they were there five years, and he had they were a number one seed in the East at one point. 
coached on the all-star staff and they they of course came from the san antonio greg popovich tree jenkins coached the uh, austin toros d-league team uh for a few years after he left the front office because because he came to the front office out of graduating from wharton uh the business school at penn so he's got an impressive background kind of not dissimilar at all from Zachary Z. Kleiman and Jason Wexler and Robert Pear, kind of this mold of smartness, the ministry of smartness, I believe Anthony <laughs> Sane used to call it. So uh, any any thoughts on Taylor Jenkins as our head coach? So not a whole bunch directly on him, but uh, going to Budenholzer at Milwaukee. So I read uh, there's a like a big feature article in Sports Illustrated at some point uh, during the season where it talks about uh, you know, how he basically reinvented Brooke Lopez because Brooke Lopez, you know, didn't shoot threes at all this year. Bucks are like leading the league in threes, defense. Brooks Splash Mountain, you know, Giannis is opening up his game and just kind of how he took took that team and molded it around Giannis. Basically, he came up with a very innovative, not not very innovative, but like from what that team was used to, changed the offense to revolve around Giannis and space everyone and obviously bring someone who didn't shoot threes at all a big a, a kind of when I think of Brooke Lopez I think of like a clunky big man but then he's out there shooting leading their team in three-point attempts at times so someone that kind of comes from that that's encouraging to me um, thinking about Jaron and the potential that he has and the skills that are the tools that we could potentially untap if Jenkins, you know, has Budenholzer as maybe as a mentor because he's worked with him for a while. So I, I was <clears throat> that's really when Coach Bud kind of I was like, oh, this guy's got something different. Like he really has this next level that like not the normal person would come up with. You know, it was very creative. So I'm hoping that Jenkins Jenkins has some of that and that he's able to bring that here. Cause I mean, yeah, his resume is really good and everything. He's a young guy. But if he has any of that in him, that's pretty encouraging to me. Definitely. And I mean, there's obviously some he's got something special in him because he's ascended this quickly through the ranks. Um, and to be honest, there's not been a bad word uttered about him in any interview from like Bud or any any media reports or anything that would be like, I can't believe the Grizzlies gave this guy the position. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything has been positive on that regards. But the fact is like we were the only team he interviewed for, like people weren't beating down the door for Taylor Jenkins, you know? So uh, take that with a grain of salt. Something I thought was interesting was Tayshawn seemed to play a big role in Mm, this hire. So, uh, you know, obviously we don't know if Tayshawn is good or not in the GM role, but we do know he was a pretty smart basketball player and well-respected around the league by all accounts. So, does that give you some comfort knowing that it wasn't just like Para and Zach making this hire that Tayshawn played a big role? Yeah, I think getting different for any kind of job, getting different perspectives, different voices in the interview room. That I mean, that means a lot, especially coming from a guy, you know, with such experience as Tayshawn um, and mixing it in with the brainiacs that we have also in the front office. I think that, I mean, that's an encouraging sign. I think you got like the baller and the brainiac. So like, come together you should be able to come up with some pretty good solutions yeah and it seems like we're going to hear a lot more from Tayshawn 
<clears throat> excuse me, than um, Rich Cho, or obviously we're not really expecting to hear, hear from Grunfeld because he's not on location. But it seems like Tayshawn is above Rich Cho in this pecking order. Um, so that's just kind of something I found interesting. Uh, Taylor Jenkins did bypass Darvin Ham, who has been the Bucks' associate head coach, or still is, but it, most people thought he would be the next coach in line from that B- Bud uh, coaching tree. So that, that was interesting. His staff is going to be crucial. Uh, it's been reported, well, it's not been reported, it's fact that he coached with Brad Jones, um, I believe in San Antonio, who is the Memphis Hustle coach. So we could see him elevated to yeah. the staff because it's someone that Jenkins trusts. And he's an older older guy. He coached on Jerry Sloan's Utah teams. So kind of like maybe a mentor type guy. But I, I think he's got to bring in some former NBA guys on this staff. He can just and, borrow some from Penny, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe that's where Sam, Sam Mitchell's going. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty dope. Uh, I, I was listening to a podcast he did midseason this year when he was still the assistant coach for the Bucks, and he mentioned when he got the Toros head job, his first call was to Ira Newble, who played for the Cavs and got a big contract back in the day. But he did understand the importance of having someone who played the game on his staff. So we could see that name pop up or other former players, but just going to be interesting, man. The The odds are – uh, because this happens to most coaches is it's not going to work out. Like that's just the fact <laughs> of the matter in the NBA, like the odds are against him. Um, and our team's not going to be great, even though they say all the right things. We're on a unified front. Uh, this, we're in this for the long haul, but no one ever says like, yeah, he's going to do his job. I'm going to do mine. I might fire his ass if shit goes bad. Like, you know, but yeah. that's, we know that's how Robert Parrott thinks. So, yeah. Um, it's just it'll be interesting to see if the organization really backs up the words that they're saying or if they just continue to operate, you know, on their own timeline and just do whatever they think is necessary at that at that moment and not look forward to the future like they've been preaching. Yeah, I I agree. And I think right now the fan base understands that we need to give someone a couple years that it newsflash, if you're a Grizzlies fan and you expect like this number two draft pick to just drastically turn our franchise around overnight. That ain't happening. So like you better be ready to buckle down for a couple more years minimum, but at least there's a little bit more sunshine on the horizon. You know, there is a little bit more hope with two young guys that, you know, could be all-stars, you know, project as all-stars. And that's a lot more hope than we had where we picked the number eight or something. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, hope ain't never one shit is going to be on the, this coaching staff to develop <laughs> these players and our players to take it upon themselves to become the best versions that they can be and really become a successful team. You know, winning in the NBA is hard. We've seen it time and time again. We see it with teams right now. They get these lottery picks back to back, maybe even back to back to back to back years and they yeah. can't win. So the odds are against us getting back to the playoffs. That that run we had of seven straight playoffs is not the normal. So you're right. Like Grizzlies fans have got to be ready. It's going to be tough times, uh, especially with the Tigers rocking the way we're expecting uh, them to do. Not just next year, but for the foreseeable future, yeah. future. You know. So it's going. If you're a Grizzlies fan, you're going to have to stick with it and be true. I know we have more Grizzlies fans now than we did back in the early days when we weren't winning. But like you said, times are going to be tough. 
And we're just going to have to hope we get the right break and we get those superstar players. But, you know, we, I mean, we saw Toronto win the NBA championship without a lottery pick on their roster. And that is unheard of. That, that, that is nuts. You know who loved that? Chris Vernon. <laughs> you, you don't have to tank to win. Like, you just get these players who can play. And, I mean, you can't argue with facts. So, <laughs> not right now, at least. Maybe next year. Yeah, did you see uh, Washington offer or is reportedly trying to get uh, Masai from Toronto? They're willing to pay him, like, 10 million bucks to be their GM. I saw that. And, that I mean... Oof. That dude's got some big nuts, so (laughs) I guess that's what happens when you make a trade like the Kawhi trade. The Mark Gasol deal, you know, even though it wasn't a a huge – It didn't didn't seem like a huge, like, groundbreaking trade, really. Right, right. For the the casual NBA fan, it seemed like a ho-hum trade, but for someone who – you know, we've seen Mark's potential and how he kind of fits his role on a team and on a roster – you could you could kind of tell that was a pretty big move for them. Yeah, and I mean they didn't they didn't win that NBA championship because of Marc Gasol, but he definitely helped out at times. Uh, game six is pretty damn bad, but uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, the guy just made those trades, and who knows, like if Kawhi leaves, and then you got like one more year of Mark if he opts in, and one more year of Kyle Lowry, then Toronto could be set be having to rebuild sooner rather mm-hmm. than later. So maybe he does jump ship uh, $10 million. Yeah. I, I'd be gone, <laughs> but it's like you do all that and you win one championship and it's worth it, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, <laughs> you know, that's what everyone wants to do. So uh, the draft, man, it's going to be an exciting week for NBA fans. All right. Yeah. No doubt. Happen. Any other thoughts on the Grizz? Grizz, no. Uh, anything on Tigers? They got everybody on campus. They got uh, Precious on campus, and he was the last one to arrive. You know, Penny said all the freshmen look as advertised. They're, you know, they're going through their summer practices and stuff. So it's going to be exciting, man. Clean up the dodge, give back when I can, just playing my part, turn folks head